Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Welcome back to Saturday mornings here on Money FM. Glenn Van Zutphen and Neil Humphreys with you for another hour and 15 minutes or so. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, Singapore and New Zealand strengthened their bilateral collaboration when the the New Zealand Prime Minister Jacinda Ahern was here in Singapore. They signed two partnerships to accelerate innovation in trade, food, and technology. We are very happy to have on Maggie Christie, the New Zealand Trade Commissioner to Singapore, to talk to us more about it. Maggie, good morning. Welcome back to Money FM. Kia ora. Good morning. It's great to have you with us and great to hear you clearly. Uh, <laughs> let's start off uh, by telling us a bit about these these two deals that were signed. Um, give us kind of a 30,000-foot overview of what they entail. 35,000 foot, my goodness. <laughs> okay, bring it down to 10,000 feet. No, no pressure, Maggie, no pressure. <laughs> no, okay. Well, obviously we were thrilled to have the Prime Minister, the Minister and the delegation here, and for Singapore to be the first first country that New Zealand came, came to. And there were three things we wanted to cover off. Um, primarily, clearly demonstrate that New Zealand is open for business. You know, we've connected virtually through the, the covid pandemic, but now how we could connect physically, which we all know is so much better. Yeah. Um, how we reaffirm New Zealand's strong partnership with Singapore, which builds on these um, agreements. And then ultimately, how do we together focus on growth for both our, our countries, our businesses, and not just for now, but for future generations. So there were, there were two areas in particular we looked at, which was New Zealand Trade and Enterprise and Enterprise Singapore have been working together for, for many years. And in fact, New Zealand and Singapore have been working together for over 57 years. And although New Zealand is known for its, you know, its food and beverage and you know, products and, and visiting for a holiday, where could we look at other areas that's going to benefit both Singapore and New Zealand? So we looked at the area of um, transshipment or trade and connectivity. So in those areas of trade, transshipment and redistribution. So how can we leverage Singapore's role here as a hub and continue to build for, for the world Singapore's position as a hub and in that other area of emerging techs. So and again, not just areas like FinTech or health tech, but, but what does agri-foods look like for the future and how can we tap into um, that health and wellness trend that, that we're seeing increasing around the world? So, that, so there was one main MOU around that, and then we had a tangible MOU between um, SIT here in Singapore and the Food uh, Food Bowl in New Zealand, which are both innovation entities. So how could we work together to not only share insights, but also take concepts and commercialise those products mm. in, in each country? So using each country, as you like, as a test bed. Yeah. Um, and, you know, with the, with the similar population size that we both rely on, on exports to succeed, it makes sense for us to be working closer together. So it certainly does. The, yeah, yeah, and that's sort of the basis of it. And obviously, as we continue to go through here, what comes out of that and what learnings can we get? How can we evolve that in future? Well, Maggie, I mean, I can't express enough how important I I personally believe the collaboration is between SIT and the Food Bowl to develop sustainable food innovations. The the Singapore Institute of Technology. Yeah, the Singapore Institute of Technology. Because, I mean, as as COVID demonstrated, food security is more important for Singapore and the world, but Singapore, obviously, than ever before. 
Uh, sustainable food innovations are so necessary, whether it's plant-based alternatives or, or lab-reared meat and so on. I'm just curious, and for the benefit of our listeners, maybe you could tell us a little bit about what the food bowl actually does in New Zealand, because it sounds fascinating to me. <laughs> yes, it is fascinating, to be honest. I mean, I'm actually going back to New Zealand in July, so looking forward to, to visiting it. But um, the key thing is they don't come up with concepts themselves. So what happens is a... a an entrepreneur or a, a company, a corporate, will come up with an idea that is a way to, to meet consumer demands, whether it's Singapore or, or around the world. They will then go to um, the food bowl, and the food bowl works with them to not only create that concept, but then to test and commercialise it. Mm. So, that, so the tighter the relationships are with, with countries like Singapore, the more we can get first-hand you know, feedback and theoretically accelerate that commercialisation process. And obviously the alternative works for Singapore companies looking to, to test and commercialise products into, into other countries and using New Zealand for that as well. Yeah, uh, Maggie, uh, and we are speaking with uh, Maggie Christie, the New Zealand Trade Commissioner to Singapore. Maggie, the the idea of food security is uh, paramount to Singapore's existence, as we know, uh, much like water and some of the other natural resources that that Mm. Singapore does not have a lot of. Um, New Zealand's far away in terms of the physical distance, but there is so much that that New Zealand can contribute not just in food technology, as, as you mentioned with the food bowl, uh, but, but just with the actual raw products that come into Singapore from New Zealand. What, what does that look like in terms of the, the discussions and the deals that were done uh, two weeks ago when Jacinda O'Hearn was here and, uh, and your Minister for Trade and Export, uh, Damien O'Connor? What, what, did that, what did those actual products, uh, product transfers look like or import, import products uh, look like from New Zealand? Yeah, so um, I think, you know, as we've said, New Zealand continues to be known for its our food and beverage and, yeah, our, and yeah. our tourism. And over the pandemic, our, our imports into Singapore increased by 5% across F&B and dairy by 11%. Hmm. But, I think, but I think the interesting area um, is how our tech is fast growing. And, you know, with hmm. Singapore being a hub here and the multinationals, our tech grew by, our ICT grew by 23% in that period. So if we look again at that two-way collaboration, how can our tech also help Singapore and, um, and the region and the world between that collaboration? And, and that includes products like um, Zero, you've probably heard of because it pays our wages, you know, um, Fisher and Paykel Healthcare that provides respiratory solutions. Um, and even we had uh, two companies come through on the on the mission. One is Clinician, which is working with um, Sing Health to actually improve communication between the doctor and the patient. So basically the, the software um, helps patients report on their health outcomes. So theoretically you can, the sooner customers or consumers understand their health outcomes, the, the, the better the, the doctor and the patient can work together. So it's that early detection. So it's it's products like that that we're trying to understand where is the, the gap or the need in Singapore that New mm. Zealand companies can then deliver to. 
brilliant. Nice. Well, Maggie, yeah. the, the gap and need for travel in Singapore has never been greater. <laughs> and, and I ha- totally and ha- agree. And hats off to whoever is behind the marketing campaign. Every time I switch on my cable television, I get a commercial for New Zealand <laughs> saying uh, along the lines of, we've been waiting for you and the country oh. has never looked more appealing. <laughs> I love Singapore with all my heart, but like everyone else, I've been here for two and a half, three years. I haven't been anywhere. I was going to Singapore, uh, to New Zealand, Maggie, but then the COVID happened, so I'm planning to go oh. in 2023. But how is oh. that looking? How is, how is the tourism looking now for New Zealand? What are the plans for this year and next? Yes, yeah, so um, that's our wonderful colleagues at, at Tourism New Zealand doing that. And um, obviously the, the focus on on just again acknowledging that New Zealand is open and especially for visa waiver countries like Singapore. In fact, the amount of grads I get in and the auntie or the uncle tells me how they honeymooned in New Zealand. I think <laughs> we should be repositioning it as a honeymoon destination. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> but, but again, New Zealand is, is, is like Singapore. You know, we're wanting those tourists to come back to be able to share what we've got and be able to... Um, again, build on those um, experiences that people haven't been able to tap into. So, so yes, like everywhere, um, New Zealand has, has struggled through COVID, but there's never been more of a need to want to reintroduce people and, and actually let them see what they've been missing in the last two and a half years. Yeah, Maggie, do you have a sense of, um, of the, the flight capacity? Is it, is it getting back to pre-COVID levels or how long is that going to take? Because that seems to be one of the challenges across ASEAN, well, actually across the world, oh, okay. right, is now getting flights these days uh, and, and flights at reasonable prices because the, the capacity is not, has not fully come back yet. What does that look like for the routes between Singapore and, and the major cities in New Zealand? Is that, yeah. Does that capacity yeah. look like it's coming back? quickly? Totally. I think um, what's amazing is Singapore Airlines has been traveling between New Zealand and Singapore for the whole, for the whole dura- duration. And mm. now how New Zealand in New Zealand starts to build on that as well. And I think just like the rest of the world, you know, it's a matter of getting people back, getting them into jobs, not only um, traveling, but also in the F&B um, areas. Mm. But mm. definitely there is a huge demand, and just like Singapore, New Zealand re- relies on tourism, so there is every effort being put towards that to to get those, that two-way connection happening. And in right. fact, um, there was another MOU that was signed when the Prime Minister was here between uh, the the Civil Aviation or, or Civil Aviation Authority of Singapore and New Zealand to actually work on sustainable aviation. So how can Singapore and New Zealand work together to not only look at what does that sustainable aviation fuel look like, but what is the, what are those processes to connect mm. Singapore and New Zealand? So there's sort of those multi-layers that both countries have been working on because they understand the need for both countries. You know, it's very much two-way. Yeah. And just finally, briefly, Maggie, we're all desperate to travel. New Zealand's the destination. Give us one reason why we should go to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. That was your softball question. Yeah. Uh, that's a very good question. Well, for me personally, it's about seeing my friends and family. There but I, I, I think for, for everyone else, it's, it's experiencing something different and, and seeing what, what is possible outside of, of beautiful Singapore. 
you know, balances Singapore and probably you'd have to bring a woolly hat and some warm socks. <laughs> <laughs> Maggie, thank you so much for being with us today. Maggie Christie, uh, the New Zealand Trade Commissioner to Singapore. I look forward to chatting with you again soon and uh, maybe sitting down to some uh, New Zealand lamb and uh, a nice bottle of wine with you and, and having a chat. Terrific. Thank you. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Maggie. You too. Bye-bye. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.